0: Hey everyone, this is Dave Menichetti from YNT, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up. Hi, this is AJ Perro from Twisted Sister. You're listening to John from Iron City Rocks. Hey, how you doing? This is Michael Orlando from Adrenaline Mob, Tread, and Sonic Stomp. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Take it. Oh!
1: Hello and welcome to episode 190 of the Iron City Rocks Podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best hard rock, heavy metal, blues, and rock talk on the net. We've got two special guitar players on episode 190. We've got from the band Adrenaline Mob, we've got Mike Orlando joining us. Adrenaline Mob will be coming to the altar bar in Pittsburgh, doing a show on the 14th of March. i will be going all around the country. Uh, doing the tour as well Uh, got a new EP out called Coverta uh, which is a covers I don't even want to call it an EP actually it's 8 tracks uh, so it's kind of blurring the line between a regular album and an EP that'll be coming out uh, on the 12th of March Uh, so two days later they'll be at the altar bar to do a show and then also we have joining us Kelly Ritchie who also will be doing a show at the altar bar her show will be later that same week the 16th of March Doing a show, a great uh, blues guitarist kind of reminded me almost instantly when I listened to her first track of a of a female kind of version of Stevie Ray Vaughan. So I'm going to talk to her in just a little bit. But what we're going to do first, we're going to play a little bit of uh, Adrenaline Mob and talk to Mike Orlando.
2: You wanna be You're stepping on my line And I rock it big time You wanna be Don't think you can beat me you never defeat me You're pushing me You wanna be I Stand Undaunted
1: You're gonna see I Alright ladies and gentlemen I'd like to welcome back to the show From the band Adrenaline Mob We have Mike Orlando on the phone How you doing Mike? I'm doing
0: great. Pleasure to be here, and thanks for
1: having me. I right, appreciate it. Uh, you taking the time. You guys are going to be uh, having kind of a busy March. You're dropping a, a new, uh, you guys are kind of calling it an EP. It, you know, for us old-timers, it's almost like an LP. Uh, eight, <laughs> eight tracks uh, of cover songs in the month of March, I believe on the 12th, which coincides with the first day of the tour. And then two nights later, you're going to be in, in Pittsburgh as well as all over the United States. Um so let's first talk about the 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 album. Covert is it coverta? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, coverta, like America coverta. Yeah. Going with that uh, sort of mafioso theme. Um, <laughs> you got it. What what first? What brought you guys the decision to do a uh, you know the the covers album?
0: It was uh, to my knowledge, you know, it was brought upon by uh, our manager, Ryan Nazar, and and uh, all the powers that be on the uh, you know. For the team of adrenaline mob, and uh, it seems like you know a fantastic idea. You know, doing paying homage and tribute to you know all of our influences that got us you know going and mm-hmm. who we still listen to, uh, you could not turn down that offer. I, I love the idea of it, and I think it came out pretty fine. And
1: now. Just for those of us, you know, I mean, a lot of people, I don't think they really realize all that goes into acquiring, the, you know, the rights to use these songs. I mean, are, yeah. do you guys kind of sit down and, you know, make a list, of, like a wish list, and then you have a lawyer go and sort of find out what you're allowed to do? Or how does that process of actually getting down to the songs work?
0: You know, that was just up up to us. I mean, we just kind of, you know, pick the songs we want, and we let them kind of, you know, do the whole uh, behind-the-scenes okay. business stuff. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, we didn't get involved in, in searching for what we could do. We just uh, tried oh, to thing. pick the best songs that we could. You know, yeah.
1: Exactly. And what's yeah. kind of nice is you guys have, um, you know, sort of picked some tracks that are a little maybe outside the norm, um, you know, with the Black Sabbath, you want with Mob Rules, yeah, which is a yeah. fantastic song, but not, oh, yeah. you know, not the the choice of the song that a lot of people, you know, think you're going to do, you know, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, or Sweet Leaf oh, I mean, like that. It's, it's,
0: yeah, there's so many you can do. The funny thing about Mob Rules, it is an incredible song, as you say, and, uh, you know, it was an honor to do the track. But it was kind of a funny way it came about, you know, because we were working on the name, and I had Adrenaline, and Mike had Mob, and we kind of just, the worlds collided, and yeah. it became Adrenaline Mob, and Mike was like, oh. It's written in stone. We got to do mob rules now.
1: Yeah, you've listen to "Fools Mob Rules." Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect, uh, perfect track. The, the track that really stuck out to me, and I was delighted to see it, is the leadoff track "Highwire" from Badlands. And for those that, that don't remember uh, Jakey yeah. Lee's uh, project, how did how did that one come about? Because that's not one that you—I don't know that I've ever seen anyone cover a Badlands song.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's definitely, uh, I'll take the blame for that. Uh, I am a huge Jake Lee fan. One of my favorite all-time guitar players.
3: Uh, That's awesome.
0: Just threw my face off in Ozzy and everything after. That was, you know, he's incredible. And uh, I I had been doing, uh, you know, in my Sonic Stomp show, I wanted to close the set, and I had been closing the set with Russell (laughs) coming up and melting faces doing High Wire, never realizing he was such a huge Ray Gillen fan. And Yeah. I mean, so we've been doing this together since probably 2007, maybe. Okay. Um, you know, at a few of my shows, and uh my my gosh, I've never heard anyone sing Ray like Ruff does.
3: You know,
0: yeah. It's just, you know, he, he blows it out, man, pipes from hell, you know, so... It was a, it was a great pairing. We were both such huge Badlands fans, and you know it was easy when we were thinking of songs when we first went out on tour in 2011 with Adrenaline Mob. It was like, hey, you know, me and Russ do high wire, and so it was a no brainer.
1: Yeah, I mean that that is really cool because I, I would wonder even how many people you know outside of you know the real hardcore fans even remember the band existed, you know, because it was a very brief period of time. You know, the first album, and then her second album did pretty well, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: it was a shame. It was a shame. I know.
1: Yeah, and then obviously, right past, um, you know, before they had time to do much more. So it's it's great to see that,
0: you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jake is still, you know, still one of my fans. Right? You know, I yeah. listen to him all the time.
1: Yeah, and you can certainly see that Russell wears his Dio hard on his sleeve. You know, he's got uh,
0: wow. quite a few
1: tracks on there with, with Ronnie on vocals.
0: You know, that was a really uh, great treat for me because, yeah, it's, you know, I always say, you know, you play to your strengths. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ruff has so many strengths in vocals, but he he does Dio to me like no other. So to actually have the honor, you know, to pay tribute to Dio's solo band, yeah. to Rainbow, uh, you know, Gilbert King and, yeah. and Black Sabbath. Yeah. It's it's beyond an honor for me myself I
1: know. Well, that that kind of leads me to something about your approach as, as a musician to doing these songs because you're you're really spanning, you know, with Richie Blackmore, Tony Iommi, Eddie Van Halen, yes. uh, Robbie Krieger. How do you stylistically? Do you when when you sit down to do one of these songs? Do you tend to to bring it into your style of playing, or you do you try to stay true to the originals?
0: I, I do, uh, you know, with such classics and epic songs that we've picked, um, being such a fan of every guitar player you just said. I mean, you know, Kill the King and Stand Up and Shout were two of the first songs i ever played in a band when I was 13. So they're, they're near and dear to my heart. And I grew up on The Doors from, you know, seven years old on. So I, when I, when I approached the song, I definitely tried to, you know, stay true Mm -hmm. to the original, but, you know, I want to kind of, you know, tip tip the hat off and say, hey, you know, I got a little bit in my bag of tricks I'd love to, uh, you know, show you without being disrespectful and, you know, disrespecting the song. So um, I try to throw in a little bit here and there, you know, Mm. but uh, I I stay pretty much true to it, except for a few uh, little things here and there. Break on Through is kind of cool because... I actually got to play the keyboard solo. Okay. The, so that was really cool to emulate Manzarek. And uh, and then me and Mike just went, you know, balls out on this one crazy, really fast part together. And so, obviously, we, we modified the stuff just a little bit. <laughs>
1: right. Now, you guys, as I mentioned, are going to be hitting the road on, on the same day the album drops, on the 12th uh, yeah. of March. And then you're doing dates, it looks like, all the way up through early April. Um, And hitting, you know, you've got dates through L.A., Nevada, you know, all the way through the middle part of the country. Um, As I think we had talked about almost a year ago when we were on the show, this band is is always got to be kind of a tightrope of schedules. You know, um, obviously a drummer keeps himself quite busy um, with other stuff. I mean, do you guys have plans beyond April? Is this um,
0: we, we, we plan to tour all year round. This okay. is, you know, this is the, this is definitely the year of the, of the month. Yeah, and we have a, a new team around us. You know, amazing new management and everything. And uh we're not we're not just doing this first leg. You know, we've posted that is just the first leg. The mm-hmm. second leg in the U.S. starts in the third week of April, and it's going to go until the end of May. So that's going to be another long four to five week run which we'll probably announce hopefully soon, maybe a week mm-hmm. or two, um, So, you know, then I think we're going to, you know, go overseas. Um, we have to get back to Europe again. And then yeah. there's so many plans, you know, Japan, then back to the States. And we really are going to hit the pavement this year.
1: Yeah. And I think well, I think the uh, Amerita album really struck a chord with a lot of listeners because it's you know, it's heavy, it's got all the musicianship, but they're approachable, you know, melodic hard rock songs. Um, so it, it was, I know, you know, and a lot of people were putting their 2012 kind of, you know, what was the best of 2012. That, that album came up a lot in those discussions. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That, that,
0: that was, it's an honor, you know, for myself and the guys in the band. Um, you know, I've always been into, you know, really melodic music with, with great playing, but nothing... That's going to just be so overbearing, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of that comes down to, I mean, you've got a singer who's got a, you know, a very good melodic but powerful voice, so you're not alienating, you know, yeah. the metalheads, but you're not making yeah. their wives run from the club screaming either,
0: you know? Yeah, just, we we can go from a song like Psycho Scene into All the Line" or Angel Sky, and it's uh, yeah. it's done, you know, perfectly in the same, you know, genre, in the same realm, with the same power and the same, you know, um, you know, playing-wise. Mm-hmm. That's what's great about this band, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, we're out there still supporting America all year long, you know, yeah. and COVID.
1: Yeah, it's great you guys managed to, you know, get this, this covers album in there, I mean, with the schedules you guys keep. Now, set list-wise, will will a lot of these cover songs be making it into the list, or was this more I, of a I just a so. project?
0: Okay. no no I, I really hope so like, like I had said prior uh, High Wire and Stand Up and Chow have been in the set mm-hmm. so it's, uh, that, that's a no brainer um, I really can't wait to do like Kill the King and, and Break On Through we did such a really cool heavy version of the Doors track it's still mm-hmm. the same you know arrangement but it's just it's just really heavy it's got you know John Moyer doing some great tool type bass stuff in the mm-hmm. beginning Just some great playing, but all the tracks. I mean, even Barracuda. uh, Russ just kills it. I I don't think I've ever heard a male voice actually do a cover of Barracuda.
1: Yeah, I can't say I've heard that either. That is a great point. So um, outside of Adrenaline Mob, um, you have your sonic stomp. uh, Any activity going on there? Obviously, this album was recorded in your studio, correct? The, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Right. we did this in, in Sonic Stomp Studios in, in an epic 18 days. We tracked it, I mixed it, I mastered it, we did the artwork and handed it in on the 19th day. <laughs> All right, there you um, go. Um, the yeah, but no, I do. Sonic Stomp I'll be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have the, the time this year, I want to do a Sonic Stomp 3, re- remaster and re-release 1 and 2. And I, I also have a, a new band called Tread with Rudy Sarzo and AJ Piero.
1: You and, read uh, my mind. I was headed right there with the next question.
0: <laughs> I knew it was <laughs> um, another band. I, I'm absolutely honored to be in. You know, yeah. uh, Rudy, Rudy is a living legend. You know, and uh, one of the sweetest, nicest guys in the business. And AJ Piero has been a best friend of mine since I can't remember how long. And I'm really excited. I've been, I've been trying to work on it diligently, you know, behind, the behind, you know, getting everything done for Adrenaline Mob, because it's the A Mob uh, wheels are, they're not spinning, they're burning rubber right now, you know. Yeah. So, um, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, put that together, and, and we're all diligently trying to, to
1: finish the Tread album. Yeah, that's, um, have you guys written most of the material for the Tread album, or, or I mean, oh. obviously, you know, trying to get everybody in one room has got to be very tough. But thankfully, the internet, I'm sure, helps.
0: Well, actually, me and AJ are both from Staten Island, so it's okay. a real. It's real. You know, he's we're always working. We've tracked about 13 songs already, and uh, I believe Rudy has tracked all 13 as well. So musically, the entire album is written already. Um, you know, we've changed. It. We've changed singing. Uh, you know, the singing position until we, you know, felt comfortable. So we actually haven't announced the new singing yet, but we have a really great, you know, vocalist uh, working with the band now. So we're real oh. excited about that. And, sure. uh, you know, just, just waiting for the right time to,
1: to sure. put it out. Here. Yeah. You've <laughs> got enough on your plate, uh, with, with Adrenaline Mob and a new album and, a, you know, a very nice tour coming up. Yeah. So, uh, Again, you're going to be in Pittsburgh on the 14th playing the Altar Bar. Uh that is a headlining show. I know the last time you guys toured, you were with Kill Devil Hill. This time you're you guys are in the in the headline position, so it's going to be a full night of, of great great music. Um and we look forward to seeing when you get here. It's
0: going to be it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to getting back to the Altar Bar. Very cool place with the super high ceilings in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, you that look up good. until it's stained glass.
0: It um, is. It's crazy it's beautiful, I love it.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, Mike, I look forward to seeing you when you get to town. Thanks so much for taking the time, man.
0: Definitely, looking forward as well. And I will see you soon, my friend.
2: Eric Clapton live in concert Saturday night, April sixth at Consol Energy Center. One night, one stage. Slowhand is back live. The force and sixth string that defined a generation Eric Clapton Saturday April 6th at Consol Energy Center Eric Clapton and his special guest the wallflowers. Tickets on sale now. Available at Ticketmaster. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Eric Clapton. A Beaver production. Have you ever listened to an album and thought to yourself, man, I could do so much better than that? Well, here's your chance. My name is Sue and I've decided to write my next album live and online at rageandapathy.com. So come on over, leave me a comment, and tell me what you think about the album and where you think it should go. And as a bonus for you Iron City rockers out there, I will give you an exclusive copy of the first song as soon as I get it finished. So stop on over to ragingapathy.com and join my madness.
1: All right, again, big thanks to Mike Orlando for taking the time out of his very hectic schedule. Uh, With Adrenaline Mob, Tread, Sonic Stomp, and uh, all the touring and things that go on with that. So I want to thank him for taking that time. Again, Coverta coming out on the 12th of March. they will be doing a show in Pittsburgh on the 14th of March. And then later that same week, our next guest, Kelly Ritchie, uh, will be bringing a fiery blend of kind of that Austin rock, blues guitar kind of that was made famous by someone like um, albert king or something like that she's gonna be bringing it to the altar bar on the 16th so we had an opportunity to talk to her i'm gonna play a track from her latest album now and then we'll get into that interview I'd like to welcome to the show Guitar extraordinaire, Kelly Ritchie How are you doing, Kelly? I'm
4: doing great, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fantastic um, Your uh, record label sent me an email With a uh, YouTube clip of Fast Driving Mama uh, And it took me all of about 15 seconds To know I wanted to get you on the show And talk a little bit about uh, what you do Because it was really refreshing to hear uh, The kind of music you're putting out um, You want to talk a little bit about your background, then, I mean, and for those not familiar, like you know, where, where did you get started with the guitar, and, and kind of what inspired you?
4: You know, I started playing when I was fifteen, and um, I had never, like, I'd grown up in this Southern Baptist church, and okay. I was not raised with Jimi Hendrix,
3: okay,
4: <laughs> or any music like that. But I was raised with a lot of gospel music, okay, and our church was burned to the ground when I was a young. Child, uh, because it was the first church to integrate. So we had a lot of involvement with the African American community. So Mm -hmm. early on, I saw the difference between black gospel and white gospel and was really moved by the black gospel that I, you know, grew up listening to. And so, hence, when I um, got a guitar, even though my parents weren't, you know, really into that kind of uh, psychedelic music by any means, Mm -hmm. when I first heard Jimi Hendrix, it kind of connected me. With um that blues rock based sound uh okay. what Zeppelin would soon follow, and um uh, then a number of years later, right before uh jimmy uh, right before Albert King passed, I had the awesome opportunity to uh play a show with him wow. and, yeah i I was just young enough and dumb enough to ask if I could sit in and he He talked to me a long time before the show, he set me up before he went out. And he uh, kept me up the entire night and left me there when he was done. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of my, you know, PhD <laughs> introduction to the blues.
3: Did he give you um, any That's insight?
4: when I really realized that, you know, all of the, the the rock music that I liked was so blues-based.
1: I was going to ask you, um, Albert didn't share with you how he tuned that guitar, did he?
0: I'm sorry?
1: He did. Albert didn't share with you the magic of the tuning of his guitar, by chance, did he?
0: No, he didn't.
1: <laughs> Great mystery of how Albert tuned the guitar. Um, I was going to ask you because when I listen to your music, it's interesting you mention kind of uh, that Jimi Hendrix was your springboard. Because when I listen to your playing, I hear older influences, even you know, predating dating Jimi Hendrix. Um, did you find yourself kind of working backward, you know, into the Buddy Guy's and the Albert Collins and people like that?
4: You know, the my favorite guitar player. Is Roy Buchanan, okay. and when I walked into my first guitar lesson with my Kiss records and Peter Frampton hey. records, my guitar teacher was like, "Oh no, uh, you know," especially I think when he saw the Kiss records, because you yeah. know, I mean, I was I was a, a kid, and I didn't know,
3: yeah. and
4: he looked at me, he said, "Look, if you want to learn how to play the guitar, you'll discover two people, Freddie King and Roy Buchanan," and um, and I and I and I did and. Roy Buchanan is just my my first love on the guitar. I mean, I just can't get enough of his sound. Uh, his version of Hey Joe, mm-hmm. his version of Down by the River. Um, he has an instrumental record called Sweet... Uh, I'm sorry, called uh, No One... It's You're Not Alone. Okay. And I wore out two vinyl copies of that uh, when I was cutting my teeth on the guitar, and that's one of my all-time favorite records. That's yeah. my reason for putting out an instrumental record.
1: Uh, yeah, in 2006. Yeah. Now, l- let me ask you this: is a is an artist who is kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of you know a contemporary blues rock, and and we'll get into some other influences that kind of creep into your music in a moment. But um, how is it? I mean, is it something you can make a living at these days? I mean, obviously in the, in the 60s and the 70s and, and, and even what Stevie Ray Vaughan did in the 80s it, it, it could be quite lucrative but is it a tough market for that kind of music? It,
4: I think anything in the arts today mm-hmm. is extremely tough. I think our, our economy today is extremely tough for right. everyone. You know, the, the, the middle class, no matter what anyone says, it kind of doesn't exist anymore. No. You, know, you have the haves and the people that are, are trying to have And, uh, you know, that's not, you know, really a political observation as much as it is a a human observation. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we're in a lot of shifts in our economy and our technology age and just the way we approach things as individuals and collectively. So I think that things are, are, are hard for a lot of people in the workforce and in the economic force. With that said, the arts tend to fall at the bottom of people's, List because it's not something that they feel that they have to have to survive in their daily life however they realize that they have to have it to survive so you know i i think that it's really tricky to make a living Uh, i think it takes a tremendous amount of brute force I am highly driven and highly resilient. Mm-hmm. And um I'm glad that I start that I'm not just starting in the market today.
3: Yeah. But, frankly,
4: I really feel for those people that are that are just starting out because unless you're a supermodel or unless you come for money, unless you're, you know, going to be in that one percent of that one percentile, you're you're just gonna have to work. You know, I tell a lot of people that I mentor, a lot of people that I teach and that I coach It's like if you're serious about music, you have to realize it's going to cost you everything that you have. And, you know, you shouldn't really look at that first financially, but you should definitely be aware that if you're going to really bury your soul and play your music, um, you're going to have to be creative and you're going to have to stay on top of things and you're going to have to work every tool that's available. As an independent artist, we have more tools today than we've ever had.
3: There's total
4: possibility. But but there is no guarantee. There is no easy path. And uh, and it's something that, you know, from the second I get up in the morning, I get a cup of coffee, I get on the computer, I work all day long. I You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just non-ending. And I go to bed with my computer in my lap almost.
1: You yeah, know? I, I hear you there. I mean, that, that's very similar to, to what I find myself doing with what we do. But you're absolutely right. I mean, there are more tools at your disposal for an independent artist to... Put an album together, you know, well, you know, with the same computer that you're using Facebook on. Uh, quite honestly, but it doesn't, you know, the the giant media companies that could get your record in every Kmart in America aren't there anymore. I mean, it's amazing. They're
4: not, and you know, the CD that I just released. This may be the last physical pressing that I of a product mm-hmm. I mean things have shifted a great deal yeah. you know people are using Dropbox more than they're using the mail
3: mm-hmm.
4: the the post office you know there's four lines that used to be open now there's one yeah. Um, it's, it's really crazy we just sent uh, out all of our CDs for promotion and overseas packages went from five dollars to ten dollars at the beginning of February so when you're sending out you know hundreds of packages That's a a large investment. So, you know, things aren't just shifting. There are certain shifts that are happening are causing domino effects around Mm, all of us. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just if if this is something that you love, then then you figure it out. But uh, playing the guitar is a very small piece of being a successful artist today. And I'm very thankful to say that I've, I've made my living just doing music for a long time, that I teach, I I do some life coaching and a lot of consulting. I produce records. Mm -hmm. I tour nonstop. um, And I'm very uh, on top of my website and social media.
1: That was an absolutely great quote right there. The playing the guitar is is only a small portion because, yeah, I I think a lot of people, you know, you you think you're going to spend seven, eight hours a day practicing and become Steve Vai without doing the, Myriad of other work that it takes to become a Steve Vai or, or a you know many of the the famous guitar players and, and you know when you're when you're doing something that isn't necessarily pop music, you know you really got to work your rear end off as a live act and that's kind of where you know you mentioned touring uh, is that kind of you know for an artist in your niche is that really kind of where you make your living is the touring and the live.
4: Well, you know, it's it's uh actually it's totally a multiple stream of income situation. Okay. I mean, some tours, uh, I make almost well, I make very little from mm-hmm. the actual playing. It's CDs. Okay. Some shows pay well. Yeah, I mean, you, it it's just really that uh, multiple stream of income. You okay. just you have a certain guarantee for shows. Festivals are always bigger shows and bigger pay than than club dates, but then club dates have a versus-the-door often. Yeah. You know, so as you build your market and you have a good night, you know, but independent artists really do depend on their fans buying their records. Mm-hmm. It's what, you know, keeps them going on so many levels, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from just the inspiration of, wow, somebody really cares, to the gas in the tank. Um, but also, you know, one thing that I... I I think that we all need to be aware of is that, you know, when I started playing the guitar, I was young. I didn't have a life. You know, this mm-hmm. was, yeah. was before all of the internet hit us like we have today. And I practiced 16 hours a day. I slept with my guitar. I yeah. took it to school. They disconnected the outlets mm-hmm. many places in school because, I mean, I took my guitar and amp. I mean, I, I, if you saw me, you saw me with a guitar in my hand. I never set it down, period. And I'm glad that I had that window to learn yeah. uh, because if I were just starting out today, you know, people don't have time. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. running to the coffee pot, I'm running to the van, I'm running to the desk. You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. That's my greatest goal in life right now is how do you bring balance into life? How do you keep from getting burned out? Um, you know, I, I took 2010 off <laughs> after years and years of touring. It's like I decided to step away and and, and Think about what I was doing. Really focus on getting healthy. I'd been on the road a number of years, and I allowed myself the opportunity to to decide whether I was going to step back on stage or not. And uh, and I and I did decide that it was definitely the right place for me to place my focus Mm -hmm. and efforts. Um, But I'm thankful that I had that luxury because I had become burned out on the road. I mean, it's you know. Good Lord, if you, if you go on vacation for two weeks, you're tired when you come home. Oh,
1: yeah, you got to go vacation and yeah, recover, know. yeah.
4: Yeah, you know, so when you're, when you're living on the road, uh, one needs to really uh, focus on keeping perspective mm. uh, and staying very healthy, staying very strong, mentally, physically, spiritually, all the above.
1: Yeah, No. getting back to uh, your music, um, you've got obviously the aspects of, of just kind of a straight on rock and roll and blues But there is, is a definitive funk element How does that kind of work its way into to your musical style?
4: You know when Freak Bass and I talked about teaming up Like I said I took some time off in 2010 I came back, hit it really hard and um, Started in the spring of 2011 And played through the end of last year And as I was approaching the end of the year i started putting some feelers out because i just knew this was the time for a clean break and really a fresh start and uh, i felt that i kind of had a, a vision of where i really wanted wanted to go mm-hmm. uh, i had repackaged uh the best of all of my live cds i put out four live C- cds and a lot of all of which were, were out of print and the last one was going out of getting ready to go out of print and people wanted to hear some of that so i thought okay i'll put this out kind of assess the market and see where I want to go. And Freakbase uh contacted me and said, Hey, I, I hear you're looking to make a change. Would you like to talk? Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, I'm from Lexington, Kentucky, but I've lived okay. in Cincinnati since 97. Uh, and so he and I have passed each other in the night and at festivals, but didn't really know each other. And have both had our own things going on. And I said, Wow, how cool would that be if we were a good fit? You know, and again, that was a big question. It's like, wow, you know, will we fit together? And so yeah. we came over. I'd just finished writing the material for this new CD, and ironically, I'd done it all with drum loops. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to even, you know, approach the bass I wanted. I was real influenced by the Black Keys at the time, uh, Jack White. I wanted to just strip it down to the basics, get a great groove, riff-driven stuff, and, and just stuff that I could play and sing and keep it short and to the point. And so I played him the stuff, and he really dug it. And so we started playing together, and, boy, I mean, it clicked. It really was magic. And so uh, I asked him, I said, how do you want to do this? Because he had his own following and his own name. He said, you know, he goes, I'd really like to enhance what you're doing. He goes, I just think that that would be the smart approach for us to to, to take. And I said, you know, we talked at length about that. And I said, okay. So that's what we we decided to do. And then we found, uh, we started auditioning drummers. And Jen Yates from Louisville came to the picture. And, you know, a lot of the guys around here, and even we even brought people in from out of town to audition, they were so geeked out on freak bass because he's such a funk player that, you know, it was a lot of overplaying. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of trying to impress him. And when Jen walked in, she, you know, was like, basically, you know, I kind of don't care who either one of you all are. I'm here to play the (laughs) drums. And it's like, that's what we needed, somebody that was going to give us a great pocket. Um, and she just lays it down. And she's yeah. she is a powerhouse. And uh, I kind of had to see it to believe it. I mean, she's really very powerful. So, um, you know, the three of us, it, it just sounded like a band from, from the, the first note we hit. Mm-hmm. And that may sound cliche, but it's true. And uh, so when we get on stage, having that funk and having that blues, quote, blues rock sound, and Jen has played all styles from country to rock, and um, probably jazz is the only thing she hasn't really gone deep into, but uh, her being such a rock player, but with a deep well of country to pull from and sensibility to the song, when the three of us get on stage, it's not a competition. It's about really creating that space for each other to be who we are and bouncing off each other. Not competing, but there is a healthy competition of let's go, yeah. but not try to outdo each other. More like let's set each other up to, you know, okay, now what do you have? All right, now what do you got? And so, boy, that's fun. You yeah. know, that is the right type of competition you want on that stage.
1: And that, that's, I think, one of the absolute beauties of a trio uh, is that yeah. you, you have that room, you know, because you, you list – you know, as you're talking about the styles of a funk bass player and a country drummer and a blues star, it, it sounds like it could be an incredibly organic thing or a train wreck. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, and,
4: <laughs> and being from uh, from living in Cincinnati right now and Freak Bass being here, I mean, you know, King Records, I mean, Funkadelic, you know, the Freak Bass is a Bootsy Collins protege. Mm. So this really is kind of a repackaged oh essence of funkadelic you've got that funk you've got that psychedelic um you know you've got a real heavy hitter as far as a, a drummer that just lays down a deep pocket i mean it you know i i immediately started pulling out all my old funkadelic stuff and freak bass and i started playing and just kind of sitting with eddie Hazel, thinking wow this is really cool and kind of getting my head around that vibe because you know that's that's where I think organically um, this thing is 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 hailing from
1: no, live you know when you take this material on the road, do you guys tend to go off into some um doing some exploratory stuff live or, or do you guys kind of stick to the frameworks of the songs or you know kind of do the extended jam thing with that kind of you know, freedom?
4: freak bass and I are both known for like one big long guitar solo and one big long bass solo. And, one, I think that's very cool, but I also think it has its place. This new record presents the opportunity for us to just play a five, you know, a a, a four to maybe extended five-minute song, you know, which is very short in my show and in Freak Bases' show. But the songs are really tight. They're really powerful they don't have to have a long extended solo. But I'm starting to extend some of them depending on, you know, where I place them in the set. There is one song on the record called um, Rise and Sun. I've written that on the acoustic guitar. It was kind of this powerful folk rock ballad that really talked about, you know, when you get up in the morning, think about me and the rise and sun. And it's turned into this rock funky rock tune that's like whoa i am so glad you know i scratched my head about bringing this to the record thinking is this gonna fit and this is the song that when we take this on stage i mean i pull out the beer bottle i pull out all these delays and psychedelic uh-huh. sounds this is the one we were we ended it the other night and somebody goes play it again <laughs> you know it was already like 10 minutes long i mean that's the one song on the record that live is just I mean people when I read the reviews on the shows that's one that they're saying, "Oh my god, and then there was this song where the drummer pulls out a shaker, a maraca and you know, is playing the drums with that and the guitar player goes nuts and for, you know, it's so that's that's fun when you when you get on stage and you bring the stuff and it's like, "Wow, wonder what's going to happen." And you have the experience, you have the comfortability with each other to just ride that ride and let it take you where it takes you. So for those people that are familiar with my show, I can assure you there is so much new stuff, and it's so fresh, and it's powerful, and it's it's now balanced, I think, with the extended solos and the just kind of, you know, you know stick a move, you know, punch yeah. you right in the nose and then right on to the next song, which I've, I've needed, I've wanted, and now I have.
1: Well, that sounds really, really cool. Now you're gonna be coming in, uh you're doing a show in Pittsburgh on the sixteenth, but um you're you're doing quite a bit of touring right now, or you're gonna be going into quite a bit of touring. Um so what what is the plan, I guess, as far as the tour goes? I mean you're gonna be in most of the United States or just parts of the US?
4: Well, you know, right now, um I just we just finished up the record. Uh we did it in November. We recorded it uh, late November, early December got it mixed, mastered, pressed, and in our hands uh, by February 1st Um, and found Jen right as we were walking into the studio, literally. uh, We decided on drummers Um, and so there's a guy in Lexington, uh, Kentucky that uh, played on the record who has done about 50 records with the producer. We did this at at Shangri-La Studios in Lexington and Dwayne Lundy produced it. And Dwayne's worked with My Morning Jacket, Vince Lee. He's done a lot of stuff. He's very successful. And I love Dwayne. I trusted him with this record because I knew that he had, I knew that he knew who I was and what it is that I needed, that we needed to capture my live essence in the studio. And he set us up for success. I mean, I'm just, we had, we recorded the whole record in four days. I went back the following oh. week and replaced a few tracks and kind of got keeper vocals four more days, and it was done. They added some keyboards and some percussion without me. That, that, that's fairly sparse to the record. We wanted to keep it, you know, lean. And uh, so as we really started this first year, we've only been playing uh, now since uh, I think our first gig was January 5th. Okay. Uh, Jen and I were involved in a rock musical in Louisville. Okay. That was that played for three weeks, but required some real intense rehearsals going into that. So that project was a five-week project, which was really nice to get to work with her outside of the band. We did a, a Matthew Sweet adaptation of uh, a musical uh, called Girlfriend.
3: Yeah, I remember was, the
4: song? Yeah. Yeah, it was an extremely successful play that ran, and the first time it ran was in San Francisco, and then they brought it here, and so we were with uh, Julie. Wolf, who's played with Ani DeFranco and Indigo Girls. Sarah Lee, who was with Gang of Four, uh, B-52s, Indigo Girls, Ani DeFranco. It was a real powerful four-piece band that was kind of part of the play. We were on stage for the whole thing. And, uh, so we had a lot of fun doing that. So now we're really starting to hit the road. We've, we've got a handful of shows in, um in March and then we kinda of leave and don't come back for a while. We're going to Canada. We're going all over the place. We're going from Calgary and Edmonton, Canada, all the way down to the Keys in Florida. Oh,
3: yeah. So
4: it doesn't span much further than that. But uh we've played Pittsburgh a number of times at Moondogs. We've done their Blues Fest okay. and uh we're we're playing a new club this time, the Altar Bar. Yeah. Uh because we had a new C D that was out and just as far as dates they just didn't coincide with what Moondogs had at the time, and we were going to be out of the country for several months, and while we had a new CD, we needed to get to that market, so I really want to uh, encourage people to come out. Uh, this is a new club for us. It's a brand new CD that we have out. It's a brand new band that I have. Uh, there's a couple of great bands opening up for us, um, and so it's really going to be a lot of fun, Yeah, I and I'm you're... really looking forward to getting to Pittsburgh, and that's... Um, the 16th, which is um, Saturday
1: night. Saturday night, yeah. You should get a nice you know, nice time kind to of come in and do that. I think you'll really enjoy altar bar. It's a, I've never heard an artist complain about altar bar. It's a, yeah, it's a converted church, so you're right there below the stained glass windows, and uh, when you look up from the stage, you'll be able to see a really cool stained glass up in the ceiling, and the sound system is killer, so... Cool. Yeah, it's going to be great. That's, that's uh, I want to fun. thank yeah. you, Kelly, for taking the time, and we, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing you on the 16th.
4: Thank you so much, and please check out our website. Uh, it's got a lot of videos and a lot of information about the band and what we're doing. We've got a newsletter. If you'll, if you'll sign up for our newsletter, we send a newsletter out a couple of times a month and keep everybody posted. And I just really appreciate you having me on, and uh, thank you for playing our music.
1: Oh, my pleasure, and I enjoyed the education. Thank you. Thank you. All right, again, a very special thanks to Kelly Ritchie, who will be coming to the altar bar on the 16th of March. Mike Orlando, who will be coming with Adrenaline Mob, which, as many of you know, features uh, Russell Allen on vocals, uh, features, uh, name is escaping me at the moment, but the bass player of Disturbed, and on drums, uh, a man who almost needs no introduction, Mike Portnoy on drums. So a show that uh, really, they've been through town, I believe it was in 2012, they, they did a show almost a year ago at altar bar uh, when they were on tour and they're back again so new album drops on the 12th shows on the 14th and then kelly is on on the 16th so kind of a cool way to spend a week in march uh, with two very different styles of music but uh, two phenomenal players so i want to thank you for joining us yeah you can find us at ironcityrocks.com facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks Uh, You can email us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. also want to take a time to talk uh, just real briefly. We will be launching a new website called heavymetalbookclub.com, which is sort of a spin-off. Consider it the uh, Joni Loves Chachi to Happy Days um, sort of relationship uh, between Iron City Rocks and Heavy Metal Book Club. As you know, we've done a segment uh, recently with a couple authors, and we will continue to bring those those great authors to you on Iron City Rocks, but I uh, wanted to kind of make a specialized podcast specifically on books, so we've got some really great authors lined up. We have a ton of material over the last year or two to kind of backfill, to introduce people to some great books that are already available, so you can check that out at Heavy Metal Book Club or Facebook.com forward slash Heavy Metal Book Club. Twitter is actually Metal Book Club. Uh, But you can always contact us with either show at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. And don't also forget to check out castironring.com, all our podcast brothers, and see what they're up to. Again, we want to thank you first and foremost for taking the time to listen, and we will catch you next time.